0: Book three, chapter four of Clara Vaughn Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Clara Vaughan Volume Two by R. D. Blackmore. Book three, chapter four. Is there any mocha stone fortification agate or scotch pebble with half the veins and mottlings angles flux and reflux That checker one minute of the human mind was ever machine invented to throw so many shuttles At present I am gauged for little threads of thought two minutes since the smallest thing I could think of was myself now it is the largest must i grope from room to room shall i never be sure where the table is where my teacup stands never read or write or draw never tell when my hands are clean except by smelling soap never know though small the difference how my dress becomes me or when my hair is right never see my own sad face in which i have been all fool enough to glory never and this is worst of all Never catch another's smile. Here am I, a full grown girl, full of maiden's thoughts and wonderings, knowing well that I am shaped so, but to be a link in life. Must I never think of loving or of being loved, except with love like Isola's sweet affection, very sweet, but white sugar only. When my work is over and my object gained, When my father's spirit knows the wrong redeemed, as a child I used to think I would lay me down and die. But since I came to woman's fullness, since I ceased to look at men and they began to look at me, some soft change, I know not what, has come across my dream. Is my purpose altered? Is my tenor broken? Not a whit of either. Rather are they stronger set and better led as my heart and brain enlarge yet i see beyond it all a thing i never used to see a glow above the peaks of hate a possibility of home sore i should have said for now what have i to do with seeing on the fourteenth morning i had given up all hope they told me it was bright and sunny for i always asked about the weather and i felt most cruelly depressed upon a sunny day By this time I had learned to dress without mrs. Shelfer's aid still from force of habit I went to the glass to do my hair and Still drew back as far as was allowed the window curtain off with my wet bandage. I am sick of it Let me try no longer to delude myself Suddenly a gleam of light. I'm sure of it faint indeed and like a will-o'-the-wisp But I'm quite sure it was a gleam of light I go nearer the window and try again No, there is no more for the present it was a sudden change produced it Never mind. I know what I have seen a thing that came and cheated me in dreams This time it has not cheated me. It was a genuine twinkle of the Sun. I Can do nothing more. I cannot put another stitch upon me. I am thrilling with the Sun like Memnon I fall upon my knees and thank the father of light when the doctor came that day and looked into my eyes he saw a Decided change miss Valance the crisis is over with all my heart I congratulate you another fortnight and you will see better than ever I Laughed and wept and blind as I was could hardly keep from dancing Then I wanted to kiss the doctor but hearing mrs. Shelfer's step. Made a reckless jump and had it out upon her Bless me why bless me my good soul if I was a young gentleman now Why miss Valence, I am perfectly astonished said dr. Franks, but I knew he was laughing If I had been requested only two minutes ago to pick out the most self-possessed Equable and courageous young lady in London. I should have said I don't want any looking I know where to find her but now Upon my word If you are asked to point out the most delighted Grateful and happy girl in London you know where to come for her Let me kiss you dr. Frank's only once I won't rob your daughters it is to you. I owe it all No to Providence and yourself and an uncommonly good conjunctiva Now be prudent my dear child a little ecstasy must be forgiven but don't imperil your cure by over-excitement it is as i hoped it would be a case of epiphytic sloughing. i think that was what he said and it may become chronic if precipitated the longer and more thorough the process the less chance of recurrence oh i am satisfied with one eye or half an eye can you promise me that if you will only follow my directions I can promise you both eyes more brilliant than ever and mrs. Shelfer says they were wonderfully bright But what I order must be done slow and sure He gave me short directions all upon the same principle that of graduation And now miss valence good-bye Henceforth I visit you only as a friend in which I know you will indulge me for the interest I feel in the case and in yourself mrs shelfer's wonderful young lady may be admitted on thursday but don't let her look at your eyes girls are always inquisitive if there is any young gentleman lucky enough to explain your strange anxiety to see you will make short work of him when your sight returns your eyes will be the most brilliant in london which is saying a great deal but i fear he will hardly know you till your lashes grow and all your face and expression are altered for the time. one thing will never alter though it can find no expression- my gratitude to you that is very pretty of you, my dear child. You kiss me just now, now, let me kiss you. He touched my forehead and was gone. He was the first true gentleman I had met with since the loss of Farmer Huxtable. End of Book 3, Chapter 4